Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi there and welcome to Thrive TV Show. My name is Lauren Parsons. I'm your host and wellbeing specialist and I'm so excited to have Michelle Yandel with me today. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Michelle is going to share with us today amazing tips to help you be empowered in your eating to help overcome cravings and feel fantastic. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Michelle. She is a health and nutrition coach and she's on her way to becoming a clinical nutritionist with the Holistic Performance Institute. She's also an international speaker and a three-time author with a focus on traditional diets for health and nutrition coaching for empowered eating. Now, Michelle has been featured her health advice in magazines such as The Healthy Food Guide New Zealand, Organic New Zealand, and Nadia Magazine. She's also, also an author and ambassador for the Binan Retail Group in New Zealand, New Zealand. And Michelle put out her TED Talk last year at TEDx Taranaki, or TEDx New Plymouth, I believe it is, going back moving forward and it's a fantastic talk i just re-watched it again today and got even more out of it the second time around so i highly recommend that you check it out and the link for the ted talk will be in the notes below so we're going to dive straight in uh, i'm going to start off by just giving you a quick fire round, michelle so we can get to know you so i call this my spots or stripes round so can you share with me just one answer or the other spots or stripes what do you prefer spots Spots, nice okay shower or bath uh, bath. Okay, nice. A living massage therapist or a living chef? Living chef. Oh, nice. Yeah, I wonder what you would answer on that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired uh, of cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a month without your car or a month without the internet? Ooh, a month without my car, easy. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, visit to the aquarium or visit to the zoo? Uh, visit to the zoo. Okay, nice. Would you rather be a famous musician or actor, actress? Ooh, famous actress. Okay, nice. Um, boiled or fried eggs or poached? Fried. <laughs> okay. Cake or chocolate? Ooh, chocolate for sure. Nice. Skiing or snowboarding? Uh, snowboarding. Okay, great. And lastly, iOS or Android? iOS. Okay, nice. All right, so that just lets us get to know you a little bit. So just to tell us a bit more about your amazing background, tell me what is it that got you started into helping people with nutrition? Um, well, actually, I used to be a school teacher. So I went from teaching children to teaching mainly adults about health and nutrition. Uh, and, you know, I think it's more of an evolving into what I'm doing now in nutrition rather than what I was when I started. So when I started, it was all very standard. I'd go over people's current diets and um, give them some advice and off they would go with their meal plans and their fancy recipes and they'd be all excited and they'd lose weight and we'd all be so excited. And then something would always happen. They would eat emotionally. They would self-sabotage. They would just give up altogether. And I got to a point where I realized that if my clients can't sustain these healthy habits for life, then really I'm doing them a disservice. And so that's when I started to get more into the empowered eating concepts and um, you know, combining nutrition, which is really important, 
with the other elements of empowered eating. So, you know, more self-care and changing their mindset and, you know, having purpose and, and knowing why they're there and their values and all of that stuff. And that's when I started to really see change happen. And that was really a relief for both of us. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And what I love most about you, Michelle, is I think we're so aligned in our philosophies and looking at the whole person, their mindset, being able to relax about food and really savor it and enjoy it and not have food control us because we've both worked with a lot of clients that have been there, haven't we? Yeah. So tell me, what is it you love most about what you do now? I love the freedom that it gives people when they can feel gray and increase their energy and boost their immune system, but also eat cake if they want. So, (laughs) you know, they they no longer have to spend thousands of dollars on diets. And most importantly, they don't feel like a bad person if they have a cookie. And that's huge to me. And I love seeing that relief and that weight being taken off people's shoulders that they're no longer bad if they eat certain foods yeah fantastic now your book is called the empowered eating handbook so what exactly is empowered eating how do you define it and what makes it so different from other eating healthy routines so the empowered eating handbook is really for all of those people who know what to do but just can't seem to make it happen Um, So those clients that were, you know, doing the meal plans, doing the programs, but then falling off the wagon, they just, these smart, intelligent women, they know what to do, but they're not doing it. And so it really revolves around this concept, which was handed down to me by my indigenous Canadian ancestors. And that's this idea that health is more than just the body, but the mind, the spirit and the heart as well. So the whole person. Mm-hmm. So the, the Maori here in, Tata, in um, New Zealand also have Te Whare Tapafa, which is a similar model for health. So it's, you know, it's worldwide. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just about realizing that it is more than just the body. It's more than just focusing on weight. It's about, you know, the health of the mind, the spirit, the heart, and all of those things as well. So that's really what makes it different. And, you know, it's looking more about the why behind our eating behaviors as opposed to the what to eat and Mm -hmm. really giving that power back to the person, taking it away, like you say, from the food and giving it to the person, allowing them to be their own guru and learn to listen to their bodies again and, you know, tune out all that noise and confusion that's out there about nutrition and really just feel empowered. And most importantly, getting people off that cycle of dieting where you're, really, really good. And then you finally succumb to that piece of cake. And then you eat the whole cake because you might as well, you've already blown it. And then it's either back on the diet the next day or you give up altogether. And it just wants to break that cycle because even a lot of healthy eating programs are still quite strict and rule based. And there's still a lot of feelings of breaking the diet, whatever it may be. And so empowered eating is really just about giving you back that control that diet culture has taken away from you (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and teaching people how to eat again. I mean, it's such a simple thing. And and yet we've lost that, that ability over time. 
Absolutely, yeah. And I've certainly noticed living in different cultures, uh, as you know, I've lived in Canada and in France, that especially the French have a completely different approach to the way that they eat. I believe there was a study that was done and they did a word association and Americans, when they gave them the word chocolate cake, most Americans came up with the word guilt. And when they gave the French the word chocolate cake, they came up with the word celebration. And to me, that reflects, you know, how we, like you say, um, how we approach our food. And I loved in your TED Talk, we talked about how so often we're being told what to do by all these different gurus out there, or supposed gurus, and Mm -hmm. actually that's coming back to knowing what works for you and trusting your own inner wisdom. So if everyone watching, yeah, I know that you're a big... um, supporter of people getting back in touch with what's right for them yeah so you said to me as well that most people seem to know what to eat in general however sometimes they make unhealthy or unhelpful choices so why is that tell us about that well again it's it's i think that people are focusing too much on the body and not or they're neglecting those other parts of what make us human and whole. And that's, you know, the mindset, which is a huge part of our decision making when it comes to to eating and, you know, filling ourselves up with things that make us feel good and, and just nourishing rather than restricting and rules. And so a lot of people think that eating healthy is perfection. So they're thinking that they have to eat well 100% of the time. So inevitably, they're going to come across something that's not on their plan or what they believe to be healthy eating. And, and then that leads to that feeling of, of blown it or I feel guilty, like you say. And that cycle keeps happening. So often when people say, I can't do it, it's a matter of that they're doing too much. It's much like your snack on exercise message, you know small bites rather than these complete unsustainable overhauls Mm -hmm. you know rather than trying to be all or nothing yeah yeah and that all or nothing mindset is what gets people in trouble and you know why they can't do it is because it is not sustainable it's unachievable it's it's you know it's not necessary for health and so of course these you know intelligent women people or men you know can't maintain it because it's not maintainable (laughs) so so that's what often happens so and what is the practical thing that you would recommend to a person that's sitting here listening to this going yes I noticed that happens to me this is what I end up doing what do you mean they actually do you know because that's the question that's going to be going through their mind yeah so in regards to, to overeating and you know a lot of people say to me what can I do to to prevent overeating because basically if we're eating when we're not hungry we're, we're overeating and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing but just a definition so we're overeating what can we do to prevent this well I, you know I always say to people firstly we don't want to prevent it because life happens and there's going to be celebrations and like the French you know we want to see food as an enjoyable experience always and and so rather than preventing it we just want to manage it and feel more in charge of our eating behaviors a lot of people say oh i can't have um you know cookies in the house because i'll eat them all so they don't feel in control around foods cookies have more power (laughs) than they Mm -hmm. do so um so yeah it's not about so much preventing it completely as it is just managing and, and bringing some awareness so there's usually five things that i tell 
people to do when it comes to overeating or emotional eating or just overall just not you know eating when we're not hungry Mm -hmm. right. um, often and I'm gonna start taking some notes if you're watching this make sure yeah. you start taking some notes here you've got five points coming great okay ready <laughs> <laughs> yes dun, dun, dun. Um, so the first thing and the most important thing that I tell people and this is in my my free ebook that I give people as well and it's really just to practice pressing pause and that's really hard for people we're often in this sort of highway hypnosis around food and, um, you know, if we can actually stop and, and check in before eating something, that right then and there gives us control. We're in control of what we're doing rather mm -hmm. than just absentmindedly grabbing it, you know, because it's there or that's what we do. So if you can actually pause and go, am I hungry? That's quite a powerful question, um, you know, because that question then gives you, you know, two choices yeah, I'm hungry. What does my body want or need? Or no, I'm not hungry. And it gives you that choice whether you want to eat or not. So you are in control as soon as you ask that question, am I hungry? Mm -hmm. um, and right. if you're not sure if you're hungry, I said to people, well, ask yourself, could you eat raw broccoli right now? And if the answer is, oh, I'm not really into, I really don't want some raw broccoli. I don't really want a veggie or whatever, or a piece of fruit. I want chocolate cake. <laughs> You're probably not hungry. It's more likely to be a craving. And, and so, you know, that's something that I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But if you can just pause and say, am I hungry? That's, that's huge. So that's usually the first thing I tell people to start getting in a habit of doing. The second thing is, is really just, again, it reminds me of the French, and I have a French background as well, um, but it's just really to, to sit down to eat. <laughs> it's yeah. such a foreign concept for many of us. We're eating on the go, and we're busy, or we're at nighttime sitting in front of the TV, and we're eating, which is very common. And it's not good or bad, but it just takes away that ability to tune in. So if you could just like find a place to sit and eat, this is your designated eating place. It might be the kitchen bench. It might be kitchen table, the dining table, but that's your designated eating place. Whenever you want to eat, try to eat there. And that makes a huge difference because if you can take away the distractions and you're just focused on this act of eating, whether it be a bag of potato chips or, you know, cookies or whatever, it's, it's a lot harder. You're less likely to, to binge or overeat when it's just you and that food. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're present with that food. So at least you can enjoy it. At least you can actually go, you know what? I mean, when's the last time you ate it and just said, this is really, really nice. You mm -hmm. know, enjoy that cookie. Enjoy whatever you're eating or, or, you know, whether it be yogurt and fruit or whatever. Just sit and enjoy it. And it just makes the experience, you know, so much better. Yes, um, absolutely. I agree with that. And sorry to jump in, but, but um, I love that so much. And it's literally one of the things that I absolutely recommend. And it's often the simplest things in life do make the biggest difference. And so something I often encourage is people to just say to themselves, I'm the sort of person that always sits down to eat. So it's not necessarily a rule. Uh, it's not something you have to be rigid about, but I'm the sort of person that sits down to eat. And as you know, as you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of snacking on exercise and on being active and adding movement into your life. But eating is one of those times when you don't want to be standing and you don't want to be walking around and, and you ideally don't want to be distracted doing lots of other things. That's a really good time to single task 
rather than multitask. And just by choosing to be conscious to pause and sit down to eat, you're going to interrupt a lot of unconscious habits that some people have, like reaching mm. into the fridge or reaching into the pantry or eating without even really being aware. And it's just a shame because you've missed out on that opportunity to really enjoy it. So I love that. Yeah. Great. And what's number three? Um, this one's the hard, probably the hardest one for people, I would say, and especially after hundred years of diet culture or longer, and that's to try to stop thinking of food as good or bad. <laughs> so what happens when we do that, when we believe a food to be naughty or guilt-inducing, it creates what we call the last supper mentality. And, you know, whenever we're telling people that, you know, you can't have a certain thing, we often end up wanting it more. So it's something, if I were to say to you, Lauren, tomorrow you can never have whatever your favorite food is ever again, starting tomorrow, most people, what are they going to do? They're going to go out and they're going to eat that food and they're going to enjoy it and they might overeat it. They're going to be thinking about it. You know, so when we say that all foods are okay and all foods are permitted and just to be able to tune in and see if you really, really, really want it, that actually is huge for people. And often the cravings go away when you know you can have it if you want it. But when we're told we can't have it, it's bad. It puts that food up on a pedestal and we're thinking about it and thinking about it. And, and then we eventually cave and we, you know, overdo it. Because that scarcity mindset, again, is telling us, I'm back on the diet tomorrow, so I just got to eat it all now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's that, yeah. that mindset of this is scarce. It's, it's human nature for us to want to hoard those foods and, and crave them, especially if it's a food that we love. So mm -hmm. we need to know that, honestly, and I, you know, I can be a bit controversial, but there is no one food in isolation I mean, obviously, if you have an allergy, it's different. No one food in isolation is bad, is unhealthy. It's the yeah. dose that's the issue. Yeah, so, I absolutely agree. And I think that this is such a key message because I think it's so jumped into us that, that you know, even at school, my children will say to me sometimes, oh, I'm going to have my good food first and then I can have my unhealthy food, mummy. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and what they actually are talking about is, essentially savory food and sweet food and none of it necessarily is is hugely nutritional or not so nutritional it doesn't really relate and so they've got quite a warped view of it and I think it's so common for people to think of this but you're right that whenever we start to have that restrictive no you can't eat that mentality immediately our subconscious goes but I want it and it yeah yeah. yeah so no that's a, yeah. the really key one I like that so letting go of the good and the bad great yeah, what's number absolutely. four um, number four is it's, um, I wouldn't say it's, it's difficult, but it takes a bit more work. And that's really what I call fe feeding the need. All right. So you've asked yourself, am I hungry? And the answer is no, but I really, really want that food. This is when we get a chance to tune in and go, okay, well then what's triggering this need to eat if it's not hunger? So is it an emotion? Am I sad? Am I bored? Am I lonely? Is it physical? So maybe I'm actually thirsty or maybe um, it's, you know, it's that time of the month for us as women or maybe we're distressed or tired or maybe it's environmental. It's just, it's there. So we eat it or behavioral. Every time I go by this, you know, this um, petrol station, I always get this thing. So the habits. So if we can 
find out what is the actual need, the actual driver, we can then come up with alternatives. Because if hunger doesn't come from food, no amount of food is going to satisfy it. So it's really about finding out what the true need is so that we can feed that need and then the cycle will stop. And that takes some time and that's something that I work um, with clients and help them to do because it does sometimes need a support person to work those things out. But yeah, just, just stop, tune in. Well, what's going on? What's, what's happening here? Um, that can be powerful. Yeah. And I always like the saying that, you know, it's totally okay to have an emotional need and it's totally valid to meet your emotional need. Absolutely. However, you don't need food in order to do that because there's so many different ways that we can meet. You know, if we're bored, lonely, angry, anxious, stressed or tired, there's lots of other ways that we could run a bath or phone a friend or do a workout to meet what's actually the emotional need. So I love that. And I want to add too, real quick, Lauren, before we go on the last one, is that it's okay if sometimes you want to eat ice cream because you're sad. We all do it. It's, it's an easy coping mechanism. But what feeding the need does is it gives you options. Food's not the only option. It's like, actually, you know what? My body needs to call my sister and have a cry <laughs> or whatever it is. So we wouldn't want emotional eating to ever be seen as bad. It's just one coping mechanism. We need more. Yes, I love it. Great. And what's number five? <laughs> um, number five is to live the life you crave. So Love it. when was yeah. the last time you did something that brings you joy? As women, we're so caught up in helping everybody else. We forget to bring joy into our lives. And this feeling, the more we fill up our spirit, we fill up our heart, the less control food is going to have over us. The less we're going to need to cope with food because we're living our best life and we're doing the best we can, even if it's just reading, taking five minutes to sit and, and read a book or, or whatever it is that brings you joy and makes you happy. So the more we can do those things, the less food is going to need to fill that void. Um, and I love the quote I mentioned in my TED talk, live the life you crave and food will lose, lose its power. So it's really about nourishing yourself and treating yourself um, in the way that you deserve. Mm-hmm. I love that and that, I mean that links back to your circle with those four areas and looking after yeah. your spirit and your heart and yeah absolutely oh fantastic Michelle so that's so good thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom and expertise I'm sure that people will come away with lots to think about and digest so feel free to come back and watch this obviously I encourage you all to go and watch Michelle's TED talk so it's called looking back moving forward no, going back moving forward and you just share some beautiful stories in there and share some of your background so it's beautiful so can you also tell us michelle where people can get access to your book and i know you've got a six-week course you want to tell us about that as well yeah yeah well since we talked i've actually got two courses now <laughs> so Great. um if you just go to michelleyandel.com um, there's a, yeah, an area there where you can look at what I have to offer as far as one-to-one coaching or um, my courses. There's 21 Days of Gentle Nutrition, which is about the what. And then we've got the Empowered Eating course, which is about the why. So um, wherever you're at, there's something there for you. So just, yeah, just go to my website. And also there's that ebook that I mentioned around overeating that people can download on my website as well. 
Fantastic. I think that really covers it because often we do focus so much on the what rather than thinking about the why. I often say there's only two things you really need to do around food. It's eat real food and eat mindfully. And, and that kind of covers that what and that why. So thank you so much for sharing with us today your knowledge and expertise around empowered eating. I'm certainly feeling very empowered Right so, and I think I really love that it's just such a heartfelt message that you know really your message connects with people because it meets us where we're at and it's down to earth and relatable and doable it's not uh, some sort of strict regime that's going to be so difficult we can never stick to it and I really love that it's sustainable and long term I know that you've had a transformational story which people can hear about in your TED talk so uh, thank you so much again for all your time and I will look forward to seeing everyone on our next edition of Thrive TV. Go out and be well and thrive. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.